Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the podcast, Strange Fairy Tales. Today's fairy tale will be Augusta Yuck. Once upon a time, in a distant faraway place, there lived a cow, but she had absolutely no relevance to this story. However, 37 miles away, in a humongous ramshackle shack, there lived a girl named Augusta and her two parents. One day, Augusta's mother died suddenly, leaving all of her money not to the family, but to someone by the name of Albany County. Her name was Shirley, and she was standing by a road sign the moment the lawyers transferred the money into her bank account. Augusta mourned for several weeks. Her father mourned for several nanoseconds, and then went to look for a new wife using an online dating service. After a couple of hours, he had found exactly 138,476.9 women that met his qualifications. The point nine was because one person was slightly off. She had a full-length beard, and his qualifications only allowed for a medium-sized goatee. He sat there at the computer for another hour, and finally came up with a surefire way of picking the perfect wife. He said, Any, mini, miny, moe. Catch a tiger by the toe. If he hollers, make him pay. Fifty dollars every day. My mother told me to pick the very best one. And you are not it. Several weeks later, when Augusta had finally come out of mourning, she realized that her father might be hungry. She tried to offer him a fish head and blue cheese sandwich, which was always his favorite, but he simply droned on. The very best one. <gasps> and you are not it. Yes, 2,000 down. Only 136,476.9 to go. Then, the doorbell rang. Dag nabbit! I just forgot everyone who wasn't it. My memory just ain't what it used to be. Augusta, will you get the door, please? I'm really busy here. I have to start all over. Augusta went to the door and opened it, to find a slim woman standing just outside. You would have thought that that was obvious, that she was standing outside, but some people had been known to swing into the house by way of jungle vine, shouting, Oh! Those people, of course, had been promptly evicted from the premises by way of a five-inch stainless steel test-tube tongs. Well, not exactly promptly, because it's rather hard to grab a full-grown man and carry him out the door with something that's that short. Augusta's mom, always the sensible one, had sensibly suggested to her husband to use something a little bigger, like maybe his hands, but he was afraid that he would contract malaria or some sort of jungle disease. Anyway, the slim woman standing just outside brushed past Augusta and said, Where is my husband? I must see him at once! Augusta said as meekly as it is humanly and also 37 species of gerbily possible, Excuse me, ma'am, but I'm afraid that no one is married in this house. The woman just snorted and swept off towards Augusta's father. Hello, sweetie pumpkin! She screamed in his ear causing him to fall off his hot pink swivel chair and forget all of the names that weren't it once again. Asterisk at sign carrot percent, he shouted. Don't use that sort of language in my house, dear! I won't stand it! I won't! I won't! Um, who are you? I'm your new wife, don't you remember me? We just got married!
married. But I was just looking for a wife. What? Already cheating on me and we've only been married a few minutes? Excuse me, said Augusta. You've only been in the house for a few minutes. Well, I meant to say that, um, uh, that he was cheating on me and I'd only been in the house for a few minutes. Yeah. Augusta's dad, the newlywed, thought for a while and decided that he could indeed be married. As he had said before, his memory just wasn't what it used to be. Augusta, too, decided that it was possible that the two were married, as she hadn't seen her dad in several weeks. She had shut herself up in her room since her mom died, and as the house's outer walls were made of steel and the windows were bulletproof and unopenable, her dad was afraid of terrorists, she would not have been able to hear the car leave. So the woman moved in. Her name was Shirley, by the way. As she explained to Augusta's dad, she had been in several previous marriages, and every single one of her husbands had died mysteriously, leaving her large amounts of gold. She also had two daughters from her first marriage who were waiting outside. Augusta quickly went to the door. Sure enough, there were two girls standing there. Hi, I'm Hativ, and this is Ollie. Hativ smiled, revealing long, pointy canine teeth. Isn't Ollie a boy's name? Well, it is sometimes, but in this case it's short for <gasps> Ollivander, Alexander, Lysander, and all the rest et. It's quite a long name. 44 letters to be exact, so we just call her Ollie. Okay then, do you want to come in? Of course. Augusta jumped as Hattiv and Ollie morphed into two giant bats and flew into the house. Weeks passed and the newcomers were perfectly civil to Augusta and more than civil to her father. But then came the day when Augusta's dad died. The coroner said it was because of loss of blood, but no one but Augusta noticed the small bite marks on his neck. She began to wonder if Hattiv and Ollie were vampires, and if you ask me, she was really a bit slow on the uptake. You see, Shirley's first husband was a vampire named Drake, so her two daughters, well, they weren't vampires, but they were half-vampires. Anyway, Augusta's dad's will was found, and he left all his gold and his daughter to the trust of Shirley. Shirley, Hattiv, and Ollie immediately became cruel, and ordered Augusta to do all the household chores including all the tailoring of all the clothes that Hattiv and Ollie ripped when they turned into bats, which was quite an extensive job. And, sadly, she had to empty out every single one of the house's 402 chamber pots every other day. How four people managed to fill up 402 chamber pots every other day, don't ask me. Maybe vampires have overactive bladders or something. Anyway, because of this development, and the fact that her stepfamily would only let her take a bath once every full moon, Augusta began to smell, well, horrible. One day, Hattiv came to tell Augusta that she was late on emptying the chamber pots, but she had just got past the Augusta when, well, why don't we just listen? <laughs> this is an audio podcast, we can do that. Augusta, yuck! What is that smell? The name stuck. Dun, dun, dun! To be continued, after these short messages. <clears throat> Do you have an overactive bladder and a strong craving for human blood? Tired of putting a strain on society? Call the number on your screen now, good luck finding it, and we'll immediately deliver a fully qualified guy named Buffy to your house, and free of charge, he will drive a wooden stake through your heart. But wait, there's more. If you call in the next 30 minutes, we'll include a bonus. That's right, Buffy will also shove 4 ounces of superb quality garlic into your mouth.
Remember, call the number on your screen now. Well, that was a nice message from Don't Tell Your Listeners Who We Are In Case They're Actually Vampires Listening Incorporated. Now, back to the story. Augustiak emptied out the chamber pots as soon as Haddav got the words out and returned to her room. A while later, there were excited bat-like squeaks from the hallway. Look, mother, we have gotten invitations to the prince's ball. The prince was in desperate need of a queen, as his father, the king, had died mysteriously, leaving large amounts of gold to Shirley. The queen hadn't died, but instead she retired mysteriously, leaving large amounts of gold to, you guessed it, Shirley. So, the prince was holding a ball, in the hopes that he would find someone fit to rule the country with him, and he had sent invitations to every woman in the phone book. Unfortunately for Augusta Yuck, her stepmother had recently written to the phone book company and told them not to include her name in the listings. That, of course, was before the prince sent the invitations, so, yeah, Augusta Yuck didn't get an invitation. After learning this, she felt very sad indeed. Indeed, when her stepfamily left on the night of the ball, she began crying by the fireplace. She cried, and she cried, for at least twenty minutes. Then, the room was filled with thousands of sparkling bubbles, etc., etc. If you want to know the exact details of what happened just then, please listen to episode one. Anyway, a lady wearing green leaves and holding some Chinese takeout, it was sweet and sour broccoli, stood in front of Augusta Yek. Another new one? Can't I just get one moment of rest anymore? Oh, I'm sorry, Fred. I was just crying. Hang on. What did you call me? Fred. Oh, dear. Another one. Another one what? People all over the place know it now, you know. My name, that is. I've been having to do all sorts of work. Not that I mind, dear. Oh, no, not at all. It's just that even fairy godmothers need their rest. Perhaps if I waited until a better time. Oh no, dear, it's very kind of you, but I'd lose my reputation like that if I didn't drop everything to help you. Speaking of reputations, I thought you usually showed up in half a sob. And how did you know that, young lady? Well, there's this podcast, and it's called Strange Fairy Tales, and it tells all about when you helped out she who must not be named. Strange Fairy Tales, eh? I'll have to have a word with whoever makes that. Anyway, what do you want? Well, the prince is having a ball tonight, and I really wanted to go, but I'm afraid I don't have an invitation. Hmm, that's simple. Obviously, you know my name already, so I'll just get you this. She waved her wand, and an extremely fancy invitation appeared, complete with the royal seal. Augustiak noted sadly that it said Augustiak instead of Augusta, but she didn't want to hurt Fred's feelings any more than she already had and did not mention it. Fred was not done. She waved her wand again, and conjured up a soccer jersey and shorts, and a fine pair of cleats. Augustiak forgot completely about not wanting to hurt Fred's feelings, and said, Aren't I supposed to get a beautiful ball gown and glass slippers? Or at least a nice frock and a pair of flip-flops? Oh no, said Fred with a twinkle in her eye. I'm sure these will come in handy. On the invitation, they forgot to specify what type of ball you were going to. It's a soccer ball and she waved her wand a third and final time, and Augusta Yuck and her soccer attire found themselves in front of the castle. She waved her invitation under the nose of the guards and walked inside. She was amazed to see an entire soccer stadium in the entryway. Fortunately for the scriptwriter, there were only enough women in the phone book to form one team. 
You see, in that time, women considered it bad luck to be in the phone book, for no reason other than, as I said just now, it makes it easier for the scriptwriter. That team was to play against the prince and his servants. So, Augusta yet got changed into her soccer attire, and she met with her team. They immediately placed her in the position of goalie. Because of her stench, they did not want to be anywhere near her. The mascots of the teams, a dead guinea pig for the prince, and an undead vampire bat for Augusta Yuck and her stepsister's team, shook hands, and the game began. It was a very exciting game, but the scriptwriter, lazy as he is, won't describe it for us. He just says for me to tell you that the ball would come no closer than within 20 feet of Augusta Yuck, and therefore the goal, because of the smell. For that reason, her team won. 1-0. to zero. The audience voted Augusta Yuck should get to keep the lovely trophy they awarded, as she was the main reason her team was victorious, because she, or rather her smell, was the only one to score a goal. It was quite impressive, the scriptwriter tells me. The ball was repelled from her all the way to the other side of the field, and it went right in the net. The prince and his servants approached her, the trophy held high in their hands. The servants, once they got too close to Augusta Yuck, backed away, several of them gagging as they did so, but the prince walked on. Augusta Yuck was amazed that the prince did not notice her smell, and she said, What? Why aren't you backing away? Can't you smell me? Funny, that's what I was just going to ask you too, he replied. No, I don't smell anything. But my stepfamily makes me clean out all their chamber pots every other day, and they don't let me take a shower except on a full moon. Well, I have a gland problem, and I sweat really easily, and I smell like B.O. 24-7. But I don't smell you. And I don't smell you. They smiled. That is the end. Or, at least, it's as far as the scriptwriter will go, the lazy man. But he wants me to tell you that Augusta Yuck and the Prince, Humphrey, got married and lived happily ever after. Oh, and that you may now clap. <laughs>